You're with SBS Radio. Find more great stories in your language at sbs.com.au. The 1838 Mile Creek Massacre will be remembered on the 30th of April at the Arts and Culture Exchange in Parramatta in a powerful truth-telling session between the National Committee of the Friends of Mile Creek and the direct knowledge holders in Sydney. And joining me to discuss this event is Keith Munro, co-chair of the National Committee of the Friends of Mile Creek. Welcome to NITV Radio, Keith. Yama, how are you? Yama, Amalia, Keith, and happy to have you on uh, the show. Now, let's dive into this upcoming session that will uh, revisit and commemorate the Mile Creek Massacre. Can you put that massacre in context for us, the context of the Mile Creek Massacre in 1838? The massacre was part of, a, I suppose, an ongoing process of frontier conflict. The treatment of Aboriginal people during the colonial expansion into Aboriginal lands did result in a lot of conflict. That conflict first started here in Sydney with the local Gadigal people and Sydney First Nations people. As that expanded, obviously, conflict ensued and you had a lot of Aboriginal people defending their land. Um, you know, so it's really great that uh, local knowledge holders from the, the, the Darug um, people are able to share their stories of, of what occurred in, in various parts of Sydney and along the Hawkesbury, for example. Some of the more well-known events from an Aboriginal perspective can be shared on that day. But in terms of Mile Creek, it's, it's unique in many senses because it's the only time non-Aboriginal people were tried in a court of law Seven were retried a second time and were found guilty and hung. So it was the first and only time, uh, you know, a light was shed within this colonial narrative of of massacre history, which is starting to become more and more known um, within our within our dialogue. You know, and in terms of who we are as as Australians, whether it be new Australians, sovereign. Australians whose lands and connections to lands have, you know, been um, in existence since time immemorial, um, people are, are more interested and willing to sort of inquire about these important histories. This is where I suppose the opportunity for the, the panel discussion comes in, and I suppose that the, the, the ability for us to share that um, story with the general public. Yeah, as the truth comes out about the dark side of colonial history, we learn that the massacres were mainly motivated on um, the growing encroachment of uh, encroachment on Aboriginal people's lands, and uh, perpetrators usually went scotch free. The justice system at the time was complacent, uh, if not complicit. Just in terms of the the people that were involved in in the massacre, the, the group was made up of primarily convict and ex-convict labour. There were 10 people that, that rode into Mile Creek Station that was led by the only non-convict person in that group. So there was 11 people in total. They were joined by a 12th member who was actually a, a, an employer of Mile Creek Station. And you, you're right. Um, if you look at the history of, and there's been a lot written about Mile Creek, uh, there was a lot of outrage. You, I mean, you're talking... Not a lot of years after the penal colony in Sydney was established in 1788, when the 11 that were arrested were brought to trial, there was written outrage in, in the local press. 
you know, jurors are actually quoted as saying that, you know, we knew these people were guilty, but we're never going to see a white man hung for the murder of a black. These types of attitudes were prevalent throughout early colonial Australia. And you see that echoed across the country right up until, you know, the most recent recorded massacre in the Northern Territory in the 1920s. Um, not only do you see a pattern sort of repeating itself as colonial expansion extended throughout the length and breadth of the colonies, as, as Aboriginal people defended fiercely their, their sovereign lands, but you see uh, a, a covering up and denial of this type of history right up until you know, the, the, the 1920s. And in terms of what took place around that time, uh, you really need to examine the people that was involved in that story. So um, if it wasn't for uh, the Chief Prosecutor, George Plunkett, who trialled the 11 of the 12 that participated in the massacre, they never would have seen a day in court. If it wasn't for his quick thinking in charging seven of the 11 to undertake a second trial, we wouldn't have seen a, a guilty verdict by the jury and, and those seven members hung. You've got this amazing point in our early history that could have been a, a watershed moment with the treatment of Aboriginal people at the forefront of the courts, but uh, what, in effect, took place after the, the trial had, had been completed was the continuation of massacres, um, some just as brutal, um, if not more brutal than, than what had occurred in Mile Creek, taking place throughout throughout the, the country, which is um, is something that, I mean, th I think people are interested in wanting to know more about. It appears the people involved in the massacres were from all sections of the settler community, but the most severe attacks were carried out by settlers on plots of land newly carved out for them. At the end of the day, the results are the same. Yeah? You've got someone at the end of a gun or at the end of a, a machete committing some pretty horrific acts, primarily defensive defenceless Aboriginal men, women and, and children in the case of Mile Creek, um, but throughout the whole country. I, I think that, I think the beauty of, of Mile Creek, though, so there, there's, two, there's two stories to Mile Creek. You've got the historical story around the events that took place in 1838, the people that were involved, and the, the place that that story had extended its, its links to from the station up in the northwest of New South Wales, um, near Bingra, to Musselbrook and Sydney, where the, the, the court case took place. But you also got the new story of Mile Creek, which is the incredible moment, descendants of the, the victims and perpetrators uh, and survivors of the massacre have come together in an act of you know, incredible generosity, reconciliation, um, forgiveness, and acknowledged the wrongs of, of that pretty violent crime that took place on Gomorrah lands. And as sort of worked over the last 22 years to, to share our story as part of truth-telling within our historical narrative. And I think that's something that has been pretty amazing to witness and to be part of. The Mile Creek site, the massacre site and the memorial have also gained New South Wales and Australian heritage listing um, because of the significance of, of the site. And you see a huge response every year during the, the June long weekend um, 
when the memorial takes place and more opportunities now, obviously, with the, the panel discussion um, uh, in a few weeks' time at the Information Cultural Exchange in Parramatta for us to be able to share that story with, with local audiences here in Sydney. This story isn't unique to Mile Creek, as I said, so we're keen to hear from local traditional owner groups and um, and members who can share stories from this country here in the Sydney, Hawkesbury, southwestern Sydney area because those events happened here before they travelled up to, to my country, up in Gomorrah country. And uh, the event on the 30th of April is uh, the first in-person event after we've been through two years of a pandemic. We've been lucky. Um, Information Cultural Exchange and, and um, the Beenali of Sydney Partners have, have included a work by artist Karen McGregor as part of the, the, the Beenali, and they've been really interested in programming this event out of Parramatta to share the importance of truth-telling. We, as Australians, um, are often more grounded in the history of Europe and England um, than we are in the history of this country in relation to its its history pre-1788. It's something that I, I think more Australians are interested in developing sort of lines of inquiry, wanting to, to know more about the the, the the place and the countries in which they live and work and travel through. For me, that's a sign of, of people wanting to mature as as a collective. You know, um, war isn't unique to to other parts of the world. You know, um, conflict in all its forms, and we see it here today. You know, in in Europe, um, is often quite brutal, um, especially in its effect on citizens um, and uh, the, the story of Mile Creek, I suppose, um, you know, allows people to understand the, the stories of the people that were involved, um, the broader colonial history of the frontier. It's, it's truly violent and horrific um, um, nature and how it was um, undertaken um, and uh, in just this one example, we, we, we do have uh, quite an interesting story. Again, yeah, as I said, the only time you know, people, people were, were tried, found guilty and hung um, um, for their crimes. You said uh, the event is not just about truth-telling, it, it is also about reconciliation. Can you elaborate more on that? The University of Newcastle have this incredible Colonial Frontier Massacre project, um, which has been supported through an ARC grant. Um, and that project has been very interesting in, I suppose, documenting through you know, a very detailed timeline, a very rigorous methodology of the, the, the frontier wars, the, the, the violence of non-Aboriginal on Aboriginal but also the few examples where there, there, was, there was violence of Aboriginal or non-Aboriginal um, people during the colonial years of settlement here in, in Australia. But um, I, I think, if anything, that, that, that provides an incredible example of, of people wanting to, to contribute to that, to that story, that, that process, um, sharing information not just through our own oral traditions that have been passed on, um, through family of massacres that have took place um, on country and having that documented through this, this project, but um, allowing uh, descendants of um, 
families that have lived in rural, regional parts of Australia that have, have you know, sent information around massacres that have possibly taken place on parcels of land that their families have, have lived on. So, again, like th- this, this is part of a bigger process of understanding who we are, uh, where we come from, and how we acknowledge that history. I mean, for Aboriginal people, it, it is quite a traumatic experience. Um, the violence that have been perpetrated, not just on Aboriginal um, children and men, but Aboriginal women throughout the colonial period is pretty horrific. But uh, projects like the Colonial um, Mapping Project at the University of Newcastle allows people to, I suppose, understand that the processes and, and um, the places that have been documented um, uh, sort of be able to make sense of, of, of the, the, the places in which we live in today and its history. It's important, especially as, as a descendant of the, um, the victims and survivors of, of uh, this massacre history, that we were able to share that, that we were able to acknowledge the stories which, um, which have informed you know, our existence here on this country for thousands of years and um, I suppose try and navigate a way forward with you know, respect and, and um, understanding um, of our shared history. Now, you're coming back on the Mile Creek Memorial, you said it was built some 20 years ago. And I remember there was also a project to build a cultural and education centre on this side. How far is this project? We have pro- progressed that, uh, uh, I think two years ago now, we were successful in obtaining some funding through Create New South Wales Regional Arts Fund. We were uh, awarded just over a million dollars to develop what we call stage two of the, the Mile Creek Memorial Precinct. And that allowed us to build uh, important infrastructure, an elder shaded area, an amphitheatre, bus and car parking for, for visitors and amenities block. Um, because up until then, the only amenities people had to, to use was was during the, the, the memorial itself, um, down at the Mile Creek Memorial Hall. Um, and the actual site is a couple of kilometres out of Bingra. So to have the amenities block um, uh, built was really important for visitors' needs. Um, we also created a, a bush garden with Gomeroy um, foods and, and our traditional medicines there for people to be able to use as a sort of edu- education resource. Uh, now that that's been completed, and we've also undertaken uh, landscaping of the site and sort of management of the site and and looking at we've had conversations around trying to get that country back to pre-colonial landscape what it, what it would have looked like now that that's been completed our attention is focused towards what is the committee is calling stage three which is the actual permanent building itself so that is going to be obviously a, a bigger undertaking um there's an important um process involved in the fundraising aspect of, of, of the project, uh, community consultation um, and setting out the, the design brief and, and whatnot, that, that, that's, that, that that's going to be yeah, the priority of, of, of the committee moving forward. And going back to the truth-telling event at the Arts and Culture Exchange in Parramatta, will the event be streamed online, giving access to many more people? It is a ticketed event, so um, jump on on the Information Cultural Exchange website that they would have information there around ticketing. Um, 
Judah space, there is limited capacity. So I, I think it's uh, capped at around 80 people. So um, I'd, I'd ask all your listeners to please get in quick. Um, but there has been um, discussion with the Director of Information Cultural Exchange and Loxley around live streaming the, the talk as well for people that are unable to attend the event, especially uh, for those that are, you know, living outside of the Sydney Sydney area. And I would ask that you that your listeners um, just um, yeah, jump on the website and um, be up to date with the latest information in regards to that. Now, Keith, before I let you go, anything else you'd like to add? From my perspective, as a person that has gone through our education system, a lot of this history was never taught. Even through the tertiary sector, unless you chose or were studying um, areas around this subject matter, you would not remotely come into contact with this part of our Australian history. The work that the committee has been doing and the work that other projects such as, you know, the University of Newcastle's Colonial Massacre Project has been important because it allows the wider public to understand the hidden layers in which our lives have not necessarily come into contact with. You know, we've, we've been great supporters of um, the group down in the southwestern parts of Sydney that acknowledge and celebrate the Appen Massacre, which was um, uh, one of the first endorsed massacres of Aboriginal people during the, the colonial expansion here in Sydney. Um, and they, they've done a, an amazing job um, undertaking that process of truth-telling to the local community here in Sydney, um, Western Sydney, um, and allows people to, I suppose, take pause and reflect on these stories and, I suppose, allows them to, to understand where that fits within the, the histories and stories of, of, of their lives. We look at these moments from an Aboriginal perspective with, you know, a great deal of sadness, but there's also a lot of healing that's involved in that process. Um, and, you know, in much the same way that we, we gather to, to remember and pay our respects to the falling during events such as Anzac Day, these memorial events that take place around the country take on a similar amount of prevenance from, from our perspective. You know, they, these are events that are incredibly important from the Aboriginal perspective and understanding, you know, how that enables us to move forward as a country, Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal, you know, the, the sovereign people of this country with ongoing unbroken connections over thousands and thousands of years and new Australians that have, that have came here from 1788 onwards. And I think that I think that that's the that's the challenge that um, that we have as a country to actually understand the history of the lands in which people are living. And I think you can't get a, a more respectful, meaningful way of knowing that history until you you know start attending and start um, inquiring about you know this unknown really known hidden parts of our history, the, the, the history in which allowed, 
you know, the, the expansion and, and the, the, the development of the colonial project to, to be undertaken in the first place. So thanks for, for um, yeah, for your interest in, in, you know, sharing that story and, and the, the panel, I think, will definitely unpack some of those um, narratives, not just from a Mile Creek perspective, but also from a Sydney perspective. You know, the largest Sydney, the city in, in the country, also home of one of, if not the largest still, that we did have the record, um, populations of Aboriginal people in the country. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the panel. Hopefully um, your listeners will be keen to either come along or, or find out if, if um, the program will be live streamed so they can join in and, and, and hear that as well. Want to hear more stories like this? Listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. 